everybody, welcome back to another episode of Doing on Dirt. I'm your host, Evan McCrory. Welcome back, and I thank you for tuning back in. I appreciate all the support. The episode last week with Breonna Lawson and Joey Chapman did really good. I hope you guys are doing good again. Um, we had a bunch of racing that went on this past weekend. We had the Carolina Clash. They had a doubleheader at Livonia for the Buck Simmons Memorial. That was 7,500. And then Saturday, they went over to Cherokee. They had the Stick Elliott Memorial for five grand to win. We we're going to be having Friday's winner, Benji Hicks, the driver of his own double nickel race car. He's going to be coming on, talking to us for a little bit. And then after that, we're going to be getting into the results of the weekend, see how everybody was doing, see who won, see what we got coming up this weekend. On Saturday, it ended up being Ben Watkins getting the victory over Benji and Brett Ham. But I just hope you guys are doing good. We're going to go ahead and get into the interview with Benji, and I'll talk to you guys in a few minutes. This week's guest was the winner Friday night at Livonia in the Buck Simmons Memorial. Followed it up with a second-place finish at Cherokee with the Carolina Clash. He is also the driver of his own double-nickel chassis. Benji Hicks, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. So you had yourself one hell of a weekend, like I was saying a second ago. You end up picking up the win from seventh place on Friday night at Livonia. How'd that night go? Uh, well, it was uh, it was really a good night all the way around. Um, it's the first time I've been to Livonia in six years, and uh, the last time I've been to Livonia was in a uh, was in a crate car in 2017, and I've never been down there in a super. Uh, and like I said, it's been so long I really forgot how to how to run the track or, or, you know, really get around three and four is a little tricky there anyways, but mm-hmm. went back and watched, uh, watched a little bit of film to get prepared. And actually, uh, one of my good friends, Kenny Collins, I watched some of his in cars from down there and, you know, he's always really, really tough to beat down there. So it was, uh, it was a great night all the way around time. The seventh quick, like you said there, and luckily made it into the lock, uh, locked in the top 10 so we didn't have to run a heat race but found some uh, found some issues there after qualifying had a lot of smoke coming out and mm-hmm. traced it down to where it come from and actually had a crack in a remote oil filter so we uh ah. got all that fixed up there during the downtime while the heat races was going on and got it situated and picked up the win Awesome. You were you were up there pounding the cush the whole way, and I'm glad you didn't have to go through any of those heat race B-mains, whatever they want to call them, because it seemed like once you got back to that part of the field, they were just tearing shit up. They were just they were getting into everybody. They even had Matthew Nance roll over. Good thing he was okay in that, but you, you had yourself in a good part of the field where you were able to pick through pretty easily on that high side and get past Brent. Uh, I believe that was lap two, 22 or 23 and just pull away, smoked them. And uh, it was awesome to see your celebration after that. It was your first win, in, uh, first super win in over five years, correct? Since 2018? Yeah. yeah. Uh, where was that last win at? Uh, it was the Hall of Fame race at Cherokee Speedway. Oh, okay. Awesome. That's another clash race. Yep. Yeah. I've won two clash races now, and uh, my first ever super win was an ultimate race. Okay. Where uh, Do you remember where that ultimate race was? Oh, yeah. It was uh, 311. It was actually the bill hicks memorial uh okay the memorial race for my grandpa that's awesome yeah so how'd you feel about saturday at cherokee you ended up with a strong second place there behind ben we were uh we were decent there in qualifying um i felt like i left a little bit on the table especially through one and two uh kind of missed my mark in 
in one on my corner entry and it screwed up the the center of the corner for me and mm-hmm. it, made, it made it made me not come off exactly where I wanted where I had intended to come off the corner at but um still qualified sack it there uh I wasn't too disappointed with it but we always strive to be the best that we can be and I knew as soon as I came in I knew exactly where I'd messed up and where I felt like being got me a little bit but uh there in the feature I screwed myself over. Um, we've been really working hard on some stuff in the shop. And this this past weekend was the first weekend that we had ran what we've been working on so hard. And, and it seemed to be really good. But I'd made a, a common adjustment that we used to make before we came up with this other stuff we've been working on. And it makes the car react totally different. And I was way too tight on corner entry. Uh, I couldn't turn in the corner and... Then when I did get it to turn, it was through the center and it was slick on the bottom and slick through the middle and you couldn't really couldn't really keep the tires hooked up the way that my car was set up. I was just a little too snug on the entry and so I was having to shear the car loose and hmm. once you shear the rear tires, then you're just hanging on hoping that it'll catch so you can start moving forwards again. And uh, and so I felt like Ben was really killing me through the center and off the corner. And I definitely couldn't get in as good as he was, and I felt like that's where he was really whooping my butt out. But it was uh, it was still a good night. Um, I try not to complain too much with the second place finish, but mm-hmm. felt like I really had the car to sweep the weekend if uh, if I wouldn't have made that one adjustment. Well, you gotta be trying new stuff, especially you got this new stuff you're working with. I'm not gonna make you tell me all your secrets, obviously, but uh, you're just learning through each race every week, learn what you got to do, and that's just a part of it. And a big part of having your own chassis, fabricating your own chassis, is with the double nickel. How how do you feel like the development of that's been through this year so far in 2023? I feel like it's been, I feel like it's been really good. Um, with you know, I've got eight cars out there now and two of them being mine uh but i've got a lot of feedback coming from other drivers such as uh, brian nuttle jr and then my cousin kendall a good friend of mine chase mccormick and ross bales and uh matthew duggins um just good input coming from all these different drivers that i feel like they don't necessarily have the same driving style as i do Mm-hmm. And so I try and lead them in a direction to where, okay, if my car felt like this, this is what kind of adjustments I would make to fit their driving style a little bit better. But uh, all in all, I feel like we've got a got a really good piece that can compete all across the country. And you know, it's uh, we're not afraid to change something in a heartbeat. That's for sure. You know, we'll we'll bring it back to the shop, and we we feel like this bar needs to be out. Then we'll take a sawzall and cut a whole bar out of mm-hmm. it. It don't matter to us. It's it's just tubing, welding wire, and until we until we get to where there's a car going all across the country from you know the east coast to west coast and north south every direction and is running competitive and even in these national touring events such as Lucas or World of Outlaw mm-hmm. stuff, and then we feel like that's the package that everybody needs then i'll stop testing so much i mean i'm still mm-hmm. gonna test some but you know we'll, we'll come back and move a bar here or move a bar there or, you know change valving in the shock or whatever just to constantly be changing something you know 
Yeah, hundred percent. What are a couple of the tracks you're looking most forward to this year to be able to test and get some more notes on to help develop the double nickel? Well, I've never been there, so uh, so I mean, I feel like I've got a, a good baseline, you know. No matter no matter what, but I mean, there's always room for improvement. So I say move a bar or change a valve in a shock or change a spring or so forth. So. <laughs> But I've never got to go to Eldora, and uh, I'm really looking forward to getting to go to Eldora this year at some point in time for either the World or the Dream or, or just whenever we get to go. Uh, I wanted to go up there for that Castro race, but after the Bulls Gap deal, we just wasn't going to be as prepared as what we needed to be to go up there and run and uh, and didn't really want to make a fool out of ourselves. So we kind of decided to step back and punt and work in the shop on some stuff that we had some ideas on, but I hadn't really got to slow down and do it. But it was uh, it was well worth it to step back and do it because obviously we go to Livonia and win and then Cherokee run second. Yeah, I would love to see you make it up to Eldora for the Dream in June or the World in September. Those, those, how those Castrol races are lined up, especially how it was with Spring Fall, was really weird having to go back and forth. And especially for some of those Lucas guys, they end up going back down south of Talladega this past weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, you know, there was some guys that the track wasn't favorable for them down there at Talladega, and some of them just loaded up and left. But Junior. Uh, <laughs> well, I love you know, Ricky. Our, our equipment, it, not only does it cost so much to to maintain and to get up and down the roads, and even though it was a World of Outlaw race for fifty thousand, you know who's to say something wouldn't have happened to his car that night, and they didn't see it, no matter how hard they looked at it, and him be leading the Lucas Oil points like he is right now and have a problem down the road, and it be something that happened three weeks ago, and that was actually something that Shane Clanton had uh, had said down there at Sonoya earlier this year yep, when, the track was so rough. Uh, when the track was so rough down there and he said that you know, he's running for national points and uh, and he wasn't going to take a chance on jeopardizing his car, you know, the bolt-on components of his car to have a crack or, or something that they had overlooked or they didn't see for a little while and then him be leading the national points race and something break on it. So, I mean, it's, it's the same concept as it's like Ricky Thornton loading up. Exactly. You got- it just costs so much now. Mm-hmm. It's hard to it's hard to run on tracks that rough. I mean, some character in it and some some rough spots in it is okay. But you know, when when you've got cars going through the air like Nick Hoffman and Kyle Larson's cars, yeah, Hoffman was crazy. Yeah, I mean that's that's ridiculous. Me and Jack Kofer actually found that photo popped up on Twitter as you guys were about to go out for the feature on Friday night. And we're like, oh, my. Like, we thought it was going to be a whole Sonoya incident where everybody was going to like, – two-thirds of the people were going to pack up and leave. I'm glad they didn't. That track ended up being really good for that feature on Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. It costs too much. It costs too yeah, much. it does. <laughs> what they want to put them through. Yeah, especially those like you're saying with the national tour guys like Lucas or Outlaws or whichever it might be, you have to prevent the you have to prevent the preventable. Like if you feel like there's a chance it might be too ridiculous to risk going out on a rough track surface and like your Ricky Thornton Jr. leading the points, you have to you have to take yourself out of the situation before something bad happens. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. How did the relationship with uh, Billy, uh, with with Ross's car, uh, uh, can Billy? Think. Yeah, Billy. Yeah, with Billy and Ross, how did that relationship kind of start? Well, Billy's my uncle. That's all. Oh, yep. So Delight, uh, I didn't connect that for a half second. I did before <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> yeah, Billy. Uh, Billy's my uncle. So, uh, so he knew about the whole double nickel deal and, and what we were planning on doing and how we were getting started and what we were going to do and uh, so forth and so on. And then, you know, Ross has been driving for him for yeah. off and on probably six years now, maybe even longer than that. But uh, but him and Ross have got a good thing going, and uh, they decided they wanted a new car, and Billy came and talked to me about it. And uh, it was just something that was convenient and lined up with our time frames of, I needed to get another car out there, uh, and especially another supercar, and mm-hmm. and that's you know that's obviously what they all focus on is their super program. So it uh, it was it was a really good deal going into it, and uh, it's been a good deal since. Yeah, I mean it started off really strong with Ross picking up the Southern All Stars when at uh, scribing to start off the year at the Winter Freeze. That was that was a really good show. Start off the year. I, I was there for that covering the SADRA stuff, but obviously I'm not paying attention to you guys. I'm a lame all guy at heart. But <laughs> it, it was <laughs> it was awesome to see you get. I believe you got fifth at that one. Welcome back. But see, you guys have been just traveling together, going down the road to pretty much every race. It seemed like. Yeah, yeah, we uh we share a lot of notes with each other, and you know stuff that he might be working on in the shop and stuff i'm working on in the shop and you know we we can compare two cars back to back and and then uh, how this one reacts and how that one reacts and so forth and so on so we've got a a pretty thick notebook built up between us two and and it's it makes it a lot easier going up and down the road because you know i'm i don't drive like ross and ross don't drive like me but track conditions or track conditions and certain stuff is going to work for either driving style and so he'll unload one way and I'll unload another and you know sometimes by the end of the night that uh he's got notes that go towards the way that I unloaded and I've got notes that go towards the way that he unloaded and so we kind of flip-flop but uh but it has been a really good deal um with a lot of driver feedback and you know with Billy's input and then my dad's input too of watching me drive and then Billy obviously owning Ross's car and mm-hmm. getting a lot of input from uh, from everybody involved there in our in our circles. So. Yeah, that's that's very helpful with that and with Billy being your uncle and just Ross having to be in the car and Ross is a great talent behind the wheel as well. He's him, you and Ross are one of my or two of my favorite late model drivers just based off you guys' personality and how you guys race and stuff. I think Ross was probably my first or second favorite late model driver, and then you've came on later on. But do you have uh, any plans for this upcoming weekend or next two weeks? Well, our plans, uh, as of right now, I haven't seen anything posted, but we're still planning on going to the Southern All-Star Race at Beckley for the 20,000 uh, Saturday. But I've got some uh, I got some buddies of mine up there in West Virginia that the weather's not looking too favorable, and mm. so we've – Tried coming up with a backup plan, and uh, we had thought about Halifax with the Carolina Clash, and mm-hmm. weather don't look too good down there. And then uh, I know Billy and Ross and them are leaving to go to the Southern. Schaefer Bowl, yeah, or the Southern, 
Is spring, spring nationals. Spring, spring nationals. Yeah, yeah southern national starts in June, late, uh, Memorial Day, something like that. It's still spring nationals for now. Well, they're leaving Thursday to go to that whole deal. They race Thursday, Friday, Saturday, so that might be a backup plan. Um, honestly, man, we're just trying to trying to keep me in the seat and stay on the track as much as we can, and and keep building a notebook and keep the car as balanced as we can, and you know, change change things here or there and either go the right direction or go the wrong direction. But you never know till you try. And that's what we're shooting for is to keep building on things that work for, work for me and work for my cars. And that way we can relay it to our customers. Awesome. That's a great way to look at it. Do you have a favorite track that's not around anymore or not racing right now? That's I, I kind of already, I can guess one or two of your answers, but uh, any track that's not around right now that you'd like to race at again? Well, there's there's two right here. Right one's by. about 30 minutes from me, and one's within a, about an hour of me, and both of them are shut down, which, uh, I mean, it sucks for, especially the local guys. You know, there was people around here that couldn't, uh, couldn't really get out and travel as much as we do, but uh, Friendship Speedway in Elkin is uh, shut down now, and then 311. In Madison, North Carolina, it's uh, about an hour from me, and both of them are shut down. Uh, hell, it makes it hard for us to go test, you know. Mm-hmm. When we want to go test, most of the time we'll go down there to Gaffney. Or here lately, we've been talking about going and testing and needing to get some laps in on some different track conditions. And so uh, so Beckley, West Virginia, you know, even though we're supposed to go race there this weekend and mm-hmm. that's something that we've been mentioning multiple times about just going up there to test. So it makes it it makes it hard to go test because we don't really have anything real, real close to home anymore. But both of those it's tracks were Yeah, well both of those tracks were what I grew up racing on and uh grew up watching my dad race on and and uh you know, I'd love for one or the other or maybe even both at some point in time maybe uh open back up uh, at least i'd really like to see them be able to work together on some sort of schedule where one races this saturday and then the following saturday the other one races and do an alternating schedule and each of them have 10 races a year and that's a 20 race schedule for a lot of people around home and you know i feel like that would be successful and they're getting to alternate tracks back and forth. And so it's not the same thing every weekend. And mm-hmm. you still get fans at both of them and, and people will be able to go watch races around here close to home. I agree with you a hundred percent there. They're uh, with friendship. I saw them. Uh, it was like three, four weeks ago, maybe a month ago. They had the petty well, legacy motor club guys doing a test there before Bristol dirt. And like that confused everybody thinking it was going to be coming back, even though they announced there wasn't going to be any racing this year. And I believe they're still in the process of uh, the current owners trying to sell it or find someone else wants to uh, run it for the next year, or the future. Yeah. I'm not, uh, I'm not hundred percent sure on, on all that. I mean, I know they've done the, the test there with the modified stuff and, and Mitchell supplying the cars for uh, legacy motorsports there, but, Mm-hmm. It's uh, I mean it's hearsay. You, mean, you hear people say that, oh well, such and such said they're gonna do a, a a ten race deal after after this date. But I mean those dates have come and gone. And I still haven't mm-hmm. heard anything. So I mean it's hearsay. If if they do, you know that's great. I I really hope they do, and I hope they have a huge crowd turnout. And 
a lot of local racers get to get their cars back out and go have some fun and don't have to worry about traveling three or four hours from home. So that's always easier when you just have some 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 place in your in your neck of the woods to just be able to race to and like you're said with the testing it just makes it so much easier instead of having to go way down the road to Gaffney or like you're saying even going up to Beckley the place you just want to race at in general uh speaking of places you want to race at besides Eldora what would be a dream racetrack you'd love to make it to Fairbury yep I <laughs> I kind of <laughs> knew that that's the second answer everybody has yeah I'd uh I'd... I'd absolutely love to go to Fairbury. You no, know? I mean there's there's a chance that I'd go up there and I wouldn't be able to line up at all, or there's a chance <laughs> I'd go up there and be able to be competitive. But watching races there and how the track races, you know, you can either ride right around the bottom or you can blast a cushion and knock the deck out of it, and you're still mm-hmm. fast both ways. And it's uh, it's it looks like a really fun track. I've never got to see it in person or. You know, I've just watched it on TV, but my brother actually got to go up there last year, the year before. He just, him and his wife just took a vacation and went up there one weekend and, and watched a uh, local race there. And he'd come back and he was telling me how badass it was. And, you know, I'd really love to go up there for the Prairie Dirt Classic one time and maybe even, uh, you know, my name get a little bit bigger and double nickel race cars get a little bit bigger, go up there and have some fat uh, fat heads on the back stretch with my picture on it. Yeah, if you make it a Fairberry, I promise you, I'll be up there with a the fat head. I will do it. I promise you, because Fairberry is on my list of tracks I want to make it to. That's that's one of those bucket list items for race fans or drivers. It's just one of the best events all year round in late mile racing. I think. Well, who knows? We uh, we keep going the right direction like we did this past weekend, and you know, stay humble and keep our heads on straight and keep working hard. Uh, twenty twenty three might be the year to go up there. I'd love to. I don't, I don't know if I can pull this year. I'll be at the Sprint Car Millions like two, three weeks before that, but we'll see. <laughs> I would, like I said, I'll make it up to PDC at Fairbury at some point. Who is your, uh, besides anybody in your family, who was your favorite driver growing up? Growing up, my favorite Dirt Lake Mall driver. It doesn't have to be Dirt Lake Mall. It could be, it could be somebody in NASCAR. If you watch NASCAR growing up, it could be any any driver. Anybody behind the wheel of a car? Well, I've really, uh, I've really got a lot of respect for this man, and and he probably, I'm gonna say he don't know my name, he don't know who I am, he don't really know nothing about me. But uh, I when I was growing up, we was at 311, and I'll never forget it. And uh, my dad was running super late models, and we had, uh, I think it was either a power steering line or an oil line or something bust uh in practice or qualifying maybe but out of all the people in the pit area that night i think it was back when the stacker two races were big uh or they were a thing but rick eckert out of all people my Mm. dad walked over and uh rick eckert went in his trailer and he didn't have to he didn't know my dad from adam and he went in his trailer and grabbed a tote full of oil lines or power steering lines or something and he said, here, take this, get what you need, and just bring the That's awesome. That's a great story. I've always heard awesome things about Rick Eckert. I've, I've talked to him once or twice when I've gone up to races up at Lernerville or other places. But I've heard he's always, always been an awesome awesome guy, and that's really nice of him. And uh, cool, he had that impression of him when he helped out your dad that one night. Before we get out of here, Benji, do you have anybody you want to thank, any of your sponsors, and just people that help get you up and down the road? helps me and supported me along the way and uh you 
know, they've been they've been believers in in me and Devil Nigga Race Cars and the the whole journey and I can't thank them enough for sticking behind me and uh all my sponsors, uh, you know, we're we're a self funded team. We don't have no big real real big money sponsors behind us and everything comes uh everything comes out of my dad's pocket and uh, I can't thank him and my mom enough for believing in me and, you know, putting putting all the funds behind me to let me live out my dream and, and help guide me along the way. And we do have a, a lot of product sponsors that help us get up and down the road. Uh, we got Hooker Harness Seatbelts, uh, Scott and Neil McPhillips. They've been real big supporters of mine for a while now. They've always been really good to me and, VP Racing Fuels with Bobby Taylor Oil Company uh, with David and uh, DJ Irvin. He's he's been a huge supporter, and so is so is David Taylor. Then uh, Dayton Bailey, Jason Groves, and then uh, FK Audience with Maria and Steve Hendren, Crate uh, Crate Insider, and Hendren Racing Engines. They've and him and Kate Dillon. They've both been you know behind me for a long time, and they're you know they're really good friends of mine. And then uh, TBM Brakes, Jason Smith. Uh, I teamed up with with some guys in 2017, and then we uh, they were in the process of moving things to Florida, and now they've got things up and up and going in Florida now, and they're back on board bigger than bigger than ever, and they've been a huge supporter and uh, probably the best brakes out on the out on the market. Um, zero failures, everything's low drag. Uh, Superior Barons with Wes, they're out of uh, out of Florida there, but he's been a huge he's been a huge help and making sure that we keep fresh Barons and seals in the in the hubs and keep everything free rolling as as we as best we can and you know winters are in Falcon uh, Transmissions, PPM out of Tennessee, they've uh, during the whole chassis deal they've been a huge help and, and supporters of mine and then Chuck and. John at Barron's Warehouse. Uh, those guys are seconds to none. They're awesome to work with. Awesome group of people up there. Make sure you always get what you need, and when you order it, they, uh, you know, make sure if they don't have it that that they get it. And if it's something that you order duplicates of, then they're not afraid to stock something on the shelf. And they've had to do that for me with doing the whole chassis deal now. And I'm sure I'm going to leave out somebody. Uh, it's hard to remember all the all the products that help get up and down the road and everything that goes into it. Uh, race fan, you know. For example, on the on the front of our motors, we run race fans, and right there in Mooresville, and they've been a huge supporter of mine. And, and I'm actually a dealer for those guys also. And so, all the people that have helped me and and in my racing program and keep me going on the road and keep me. Uh, you know, with good products and little to no failures, uh, I try and support them, and that's what I push on uh, on my new cars. You order a brand new car for me, then you're going to get the same exact products that I run on my personal cars. So I can't take those guys and girls enough. And looking forward to the the rest of this journey and see where it takes us. Awesome. Well, hope to see you in a couple of weeks back at the track, Benji. And uh, thanks for coming on podcast. Absolutely, and all the all the crew too. I, I can't leave them out. Without them, it uh, it would be impossible for me to keep up the the cars alone. Um, my brother-in-law, my crew chief, he's my right hand man. He he takes care of a lot of stuff that either I don't get the time to do, or uh, or really just 
and not thinking about it at that moment, you know, he'll knock it out and take care of it for me. Um, we've got some guys that come to the races with us, uh, come to the shop when they can. And, uh, Robbie Stevens and Bam Stevens, they're, uh, they're huge, huge help. Um, my brother, TJ, he's a, he's a huge help. He's, he's a lot of brains, um, not involved in it as he once was, but you know, I'm happy for him doing his own thing. And, uh, He's doing a lot of exercising now and spending time with his wife and his his youngins and uh, you know I love it for him. And, uh, the rest of my family that supports me, my sister Bree, my sister Katie, she she takes care of all of my PR stuff, runs the website, all of my apparel, and uh, like I said, my mom, my dad, my brother-in-law Will, he uh, he drag races himself, but usually on Sunday afternoons I get a phone call from him and. Especially, uh, especially here recently, you know, uh, their drag racing hasn't got to start up yet, and so he's been coming to some of the races. And uh, he was actually got to come up to the Bulls Gap race and called me Sunday after this past weekend. You know, he called me Sunday, telling me congratulations and and celebrating with us, even though uh, even though he wasn't there with us. But all the all the family, friends, uh, uncles, aunts that support me and. and through the whole thing, whether they're there, they're watching on Flow or XR or Speed 51 or whatever, any any social media website or Facebook, Twitter, keeping updates, and uh, they just don't realize how much it means to me to see all the likes and comments or phone calls or texts or anything like that after a good weekend. And even in the bad weekends, you know, there's there's always at some point in time going to be a high, and there's going to be lots of lows, but. You know, they, they make sure and let me know that they're behind me 100% from the word go. And uh, my my cousin, Kendall Tucker, uh, if I don't give him a shout-out, mm-hmm. it'll be my ass. <laughs> but I give him a hard time in the shop, but I give him a hard time because I know how good he can be. I know how smart he is. I know how I know how he can be behind the wheel and, and how good he really can be. And uh, uh, he really – he says some stuff that – makes me second guess like am i am i really thinking about this the right way and, and so forth and so on and i try and got him the best i can and his dad noel he's uh he's been through the whole double nickel race car ringer since uh since i decided to get it going and you know they obviously got a brand new double nickel and he's been a huge help and a huge supporter also so i can't think uh like i said just thank everyone reached out called text uh all our stuff on facebook just everyone that's been involved in it, they uh, they really just don't know how huge it is to keep the publicity up and and how much the support means. Awesome. Uh, thanks for coming on, Benji. I appreciate it. Hope to see it track in a couple weeks, and good luck for the rest of the year. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate awesome. you. Right, thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Mr. Benji Hicks. Got to know a little bit more about uh, how this year has gone so far for him, how he's going to be doing the rest of the year, how that's going to be set up, and more about his awesome weekend he had at Livonia and Cherokee. And speaking about Livonia and Cherokee, we're going to get into that, go over more of the results for Clash. Carolina Sprint Tour had a race. SEDRA got rained out, got it removed to their end of the season. I'll get into more of that in just a second, but let's go over to Clash. John Henderson was your quick time over Brenton Dixon. Top 10 locked in, and then they had, what do you call this? So they had the top 10 locked in, so to determine the rest of the field, they had two heats, or Bs, depending on what you want to call it. I think it's called a semi-feature. So six out of those heats 
we'll go inside row of like 11, 13, 15, 17, 19, and then 12, 14, 16 through the field. And then they had two fastest provisionals that didn't make it. I, I call that a semi-feature, I guess. I know that's an older term. If anybody, I heard people there, I heard officials call it bees and heats. Uh, it, it just depends personally what you want to call it. But Brent Dixon took the lead from John Henderson on the outside of the first lap and led most of the race. There was a couple of big incidents, including Clay Knight getting pissed at Kenny Collins. That, that was pretty funny to watch. Uh, and then we got... Benji was just pounding that cushion. I saw him coming from fifth. He started seventh. Yeah, seventh on here and ended up taking the victory in the 7,500 and ended up talking to him at Peyton Freeman after the race. Peyton Freeman, he was back in his F1 car, his uh, family car, you would call it. They were just having trouble. I believe it was an electrical issue. Pulled off it and didn't make a lap in hot laps or qualifying. No, he made a, he made a, Back of the field time in hot lap or in qualifying, I don't believe that car was run right for him, and ended up just not running the feature. I believe he's going to get that fixed. He was not at Cherokee the next night, but I'm just going to run through this top five real quick. Well, top six. Six was Clay Knight, fifth John Henderson, fourth Dave McCoy, third Brent Dixon, second Brent Ham, and first for Benji. Three B's up in the front, I guess. Brent, Brett, and Benji. <laughs> that that could be a tongue. That could be a tongueful. It almost was for me, but I just couldn't say the next word after. But awesome night, and then the next night they were over at Cherokee. And then as I go for, uh, go over to Cherokee clash results, I'm gonna go over the rest of the results since Cherokee is one of my featured tracks. They have a upcoming race this weekend on the 29th, and a cool thing with the Crown Vicks I'll go into in just a second. Let's get through those results. For the Carolina Clash, it was Mr. Ben Watkins getting a second Clash win of the season after he picked up the opener win, Red Rose Rumble, for the third year in a row at Lancaster. Second was Benji again, and the third again, another podium for Brett Ham. Awesome for him. Fourth was Ross Bales. Fifth was Kyle Strickler and Zach Mitchell, who had a rebound and pulled off really early in the feature. He just missed it in qualifying and ended up just wanting to pull it in, save his stuff, which after he had that wreck, during, I believe it was hot laps or qualifying at All Tech. I don't blame him wanting to just save his stuff and to be able to get a good run at a track like Cherokee. He always runs decently well at. Shout out to them. Dylan Brown, the local boy, he got 10th. Last week's winner, Willie Milliken, 11th. Friend of the show, John Price, 13th. And other friend of the show, Anthony Sanders, was 22nd. I didn't get to, I didn't get to talk to Anthony at Livonia. I will talk to him next time I see him, which will probably be in two weeks at Ultimate Lancaster, probably. Probably see him there. But awesome to see Ben get himself another win and Benji and Brett have finished off a strong weekend. Brent needed that. Uh, for the Street Stocks and the Thunder Bombers, Rod Tucker took home the victory. I, I posted on Twitter a couple days ago, I think Rod is the most dominant driver of the Carolinas so far this year. I don't know if that's far-fetched for me to say. Somebody else uh, got mentioned. He was a limited driver that runs Livonia and TR and a couple of those tracks around there. And I, he just didn't stack up to Rod. Rod's on in multiple cars. He's been very close to winning in a 604, 602. I know he's lost to John Ruggiero a few times at Cherokee. Uh, but just every time he's been in a street stock, every time he's been in a Thunder Bomber, he's been a contention to win. And he's won most of them. I believe he has seven or eight wins already on the year, which is just incredible for being not even May yet. 
for the 604 late models. That winner was Steven Padula, and you should go and watch that race on Band Racing videos on YouTube. That was killer. That was a killer race. Awesome win. That was badass. I support that 100%. All those features are on BAM Racing videos. And most of the tracks I watch, they, they got some videos on BAM, Carolina, East Lincoln. Uh, they got some asphalt stuff on there. I know they go to Wake County a lot. Shout out to Stephen Padula, Pierce Stock, and the Renegade Sportsman was won by Dustin Morris. And Renegade Sportsman David Lucas was DQ'd. He also runs some Crown Vic and other stuff. And then, where are we at? Extreme Force won by Casey Tao. Young Gun V8 was won by Bryson Freeze, which decent field for them. They usually have like three or four. They had seven. Hopefully that number keeps going up. I'm really happy for them. If you want some more detailed results and info about Cherokee's weekend or just Cherokee in general, check out William Richards' podcast, Cherokee Chatter. He goes into deep detail and gets interviews from the drivers that race at the place your mama warned you about. And really solid podcast. I enjoy it. I listen to it because it's one of my featured places, and I like to know what's happening, even though I can't really make it up there that often. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get up to Cherokee until the XR Working Man race, but I would like to make it for a weekly show. Let's hop over to East Lincoln. They had a weekly show. And they had the LS Sprints running with them. They're like a semi-weekly thing there. Let's get to those results. In Renegades, it was won by Paul Visage. Pro Forbes won by Jerry Oliver. Thunder Bombers was Matt Coley. Front Wheel Drive, Brandon Bond. Next Gen Kids, Bentley Cottle. LS Sprints, Dylan Thrower. I, I was just looking through these results at LS Sprints, and they had one of my favorite racing names I've ever seen. Zig Ziggler. That's my top 10 names. I need to get a historian on here with me to kind of talk about that, like top 10 names of all time in racing. But Zig Ziggler is in that top 10 for me. I'm just saying that now. There, there's a bunch of good ones. And if anyone else can come on and make a top 10 names list with me, let me know. I will do that in a heartbeat. I love funny stuff like that. He ended up getting fourth. And the Pure Stock V8 was their final event of the night, and that was won by Chandler Barker. There's a small chance I'll get up to East Lincoln this weekend. I would like to uh, go see them, go see my boys Cody and them, Cody and Alan and Chris and and uh, Steve and and uh, Gummy. What is his name? He he has maybe five teeth. I can't think of his name. <sighs> Dang. I'll shout him out in next week's episode if I see him. I'll find. I got him on Facebook. I'll find him. <laughs> but we're gonna hop over to Carolina Speedway. They had a weekly show on Friday, including the. Say Ha Hornets season opener sponsored by Jason Waters Tuning. Love Jason. Awesome people. He does great work, for, especially for front-wheel drives and other types of cars. He's He's been even like going to different parts of the country and booking people to run on the dyno and help tune them up, which that's awesome. Go, go support him. Go help him out if you need his services. Crown Vic had a double feature that was won by Jonathan Surratt. He got both. He's one of the Dominant forces and front wheel drives in the Crown Vic. I actually does he do front wheel drives. I know his name from other cars, but I can't pinpoint what car that is directly. I'll have to look back. Thunder Sportsman was won by Cade Langley. Pro Force won by Dylan Warden. Super Sportsman was won by Tyler Hyatt. Late Models was won by Mark Green, which they made a rule to adjust their car rules. You can run any car you want. And I expect them to have a little bit of a higher car count because of that and see how those races go. Him, uh, a couple of the people who run those races weekly. Seha, their form, their season opener was won by Scott Clonger. And shout out to 
or prayers and thoughts are with Shannon Barnhill. He had to block a piece of debris come into his cockpit and put up his arm to block it from hitting his like helmet or his body. And then we straight up pretty much exploded his ring finger on his right hand. You can go find the photos on Barnhill Racing on Facebook or his wife's Facebook page. And in some nasty photos. They're blurred on Facebook now, but prayers up to him. Uh, piece of debris hit him, cut it open. He's not going to be behind the wheel for a little bit. Prayers up to Shannon. Uh, he's been an early supporter of the show and always paid attention to his stuff since I started doing this. And uh, I just hope he's doing good. I hope he's going to be back behind the wheel soon at a SEDRA or a SEHA race. But the only other series we had running was the Carolina Sprint Tour. They were at Sumter for one of their bi-weekly races of the year. And that was won by... Let me get to that. That was won by George Leo. Lo, Lokes. It's L-O-U-X. Uh, Sean, one, been on that, one of those guys want to correct me. Or George himself went to. Getting his first career win. Back-to-back first-time winners for Carolina Sprint Tour. That's really cool. Second was Jacob McLean. Third was Steve Cerniak, who was the winner at Harris. Fourth was our homie Ben McCall. Fifth was friend of the show Sean Vardell, who's also the boss man. Then 12, 12 cars, which that's about normal for them. Uh, they are going to be running Friday, May 5th at Traveler's Rest. It's, I believe that's the series' first time making it up there. I would love to make it up there. Very small chance. Um, kind of doubt it, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I would like to get the TR. I haven't been there actually. If you believe that, that's a little over two for me from Columbia. And it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm about to move into my apartment in the next week or so. So, like, everything stays about the same distance, or if not, maybe two or three minutes longer, which doesn't make a difference in the scheme of things because if the maps is telling me I'm going to get somewhere at 730, I'm getting there at 720. I'm just letting you know that. <laughs> also, I know some good stories from Richie boys beating their beating their maps home by the projected time. It's a little bit of a fun game we do. We just hope we don't see the blue lights. And if you do that, uh, comment on the post about this on Twitter, hashtag blue lights. <laughs> but before we get into any more, I want to shout out a pair of Reaper Apparel Company. They've come on and made me one of their ambassadors. They got some awesome merchandise promoting a promoting an open mind and a live free lifestyle. Just try to do what you want. Don't let people tell you what to do. They got some really cool designs like the Reaper, some skeletons, cool stuff like that. I got one of their shirts last week, came in. I need to make a post with it. I need to. This is a kind of a reminder of myself. But if you end up going to their website, reaperapparelco.com, and find something cool, you can use code DOOM, which you get 10% off. That helps me a little bit. I appreciate them coming on and helping a little bit. And also, shout out to the Doom Witch store on Spring if you want to get yourself a Doom Witch on Dirt shirt, crew neck, hoodie, or a bigger sticker. I got 5 inch by 5 inch. You can order on there. And since we got rained out a few weeks ago, I believe that was around the 8th. Uh, you can use the code RAINY at checkout for 10% off. That's R-A-I-N-Y. Yeah, I got it right. I like how I always try to say, yeah, I got it right, but trying to spell like while I'm recording this and just kind of flowing. For some reason in my mind, that's a little difficult, but shout to me, I guess. And if you're like, yeah, uh, yeah, dumbass, you should be able to spell things. Sorry. I'm sorry, spelling police. Yes, I did fell out of. I did fall out of the um, spelling bee in sixth grade kind of early because I in the small playground. Yeah, big whoop. <laughs> but back to going over some results and some other news. 
Going back to Cherokee, they're going to be running the Crown Vicks this Saturday night, and Harris is also as well. So they made a little bit of a deal between Mitchell and Tony Adair. Mitchell, Mitchell uh, Coggins, Coggins or Goggins? Co- Mitchell from Harris Speedway. He's their promoter and race director. He is going to be, him and Tony are going to be putting up a $100 bonus if you win the Crown Vic race at Harris, who's what's going to be their first event of the night, and then make the short drive down to Cherokee, run, win your win your race at Harris, go down to Cherokee, win the Cherokee Crown Vic race, you get an extra 100 bucks. which, crisp $100 bill, that's going to entice a bunch of those guys like Josh Melton, hashtag no much of the driver of the day the other day, and a couple other guys to make that trip, get some of that money. I know that some of those guys would like to do that on a more regular basis, and if this turns out well and they have a bunch of guys that want to do that, wouldn't surprise me if they started doing that pretty regularly. Also, shout out to the Pro 4s. They are going to be on the schedule this Saturday night at Cherokee for the first time this year. Like I said last week, Timmy Gunn and Cody Barber are working on getting more dates for the Pro 4s at other tracks besides Carolina and East Lincoln. They have two dates at Harris later in the season. They got about five or six dates, I believe, for Cherokee. So go out and support those races. And if you have Pro 4, please go out there and race and try to get them more tracks and get them on the schedule more often they need it uh, i'd love to see them outside of those two tracks i'd like to see them everywhere and i believe lavonia excuse me runs a stock four division which east lincoln used to have a stock four and a pro four division and then it ended up just turning into stock uh, pro stock four where you can run both and then now it's just a pro four but obviously you can still run stock you're just gonna be a smidge behind i, I believe that's how that works had to do something with a restrictor or a carburetor or something. I'm not the most versed in that. If you want to correct me, do that. But, yeah. Also, news with Ultimate and the H- uh, SCDRA. Ultimate is now going to be opening their season May 6th at Lancaster, Speedway, at Lancaster Motor Speedway. And that's going to be May 6th. First event, 5000 to win. And then the next weekend, they are going to be making up the event that got rained out from April 8th at Lakeview. That's also going to be... 5,000 to win. That is April, I mean, May 13th. That is the next week after. Yeah, May 6th is Lancaster. May 13th is Lakeview. I will be there for both races. Uh, I 100% plan to. If something crazy happens, I'll let you guys know on Twitter or on the podcast. And for the SEDRA, this past weekend's postponed Beach Bash is now going to be running October 27th and 28th. Also for 5000 to win, I'm glad they're able to get that on the schedule. And the next SCDRA race is going to be May 6th for the Peach Pit 50 at Sanoya. First time they're going to be out there. Can't wait to see how that goes. I'm not too sure if that's going to be on streaming or anything. I would love it to. I'd love if they're able to get a full year flow, flow deal. That'd be really cool to see. But let's go ahead and look forward to what we got this weekend. Not amount. I think it's just a weekly, all the weekly shows. And Carolina Clash will be at Halifax for the first time in a little bit. And then weekly show at East Lincoln. Uh, the LS Sprints are also going to be there. Weekly show at Cherokee. They're going to have the Pro Fours and a special thing going on with the Crown Vicks. And as well, Mid-East will be at Fayetteville. But I believe the 604s are now off the schedule. You can double-check that on the Fayetteville website or Facebook page or Mid-East. But we have a good weekend of stuff going up. Like I said, there's a chance I'll be at East Lincoln or Cherokee. We'll just see how stuff goes. Uh, money-wise, starting to, starting to get stuff moved. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, 
If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, anything I do better, send me a message or a comment on anything. Uh, take any input. And don't forget to follow all the Doomwich stuff on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Doomwich on Dirt, D-U-N-E-W-I-C-H on Dirt. I appreciate you guys. You can go follow my other stuff or add me on Facebook, Evan McCrory, M-C-C-R-O-R-Y. And I hope you guys have a great week. See ya.